0: Did you know that olive oil is at its peak of flavor and nutrition right after it's fresh-pressed at harvest time? That's why my favorite olive oil is delivered to me direct from the latest harvest, thanks to the Fresh-Pressed Olive Oil Club. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and as a listener of Intelligent Medicine, you can try a bottle of their finest artisanal olive oil, normally $39, for just $1, with no obligation to buy anything else. I've been enjoying these harvest fresh olive oils for years— They are far and away the brightest, most lively, and flavorful olive oils I've ever tasted. Their antioxidants and polyphenols are off the charts because they're fresh from the harvest. They make store-bought olive oils taste dull and flat by comparison. Taste for yourself. Check out this generous trial offer and get your $39 bottle for a buck with no obligation to buy anything else. Visit MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. In my case, it truly is. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com. MyFavoriteOliveOil.com Olive dot com.
1: Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian, dietitian, and nutritionist here in New York. And I practice with Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I have a private practice. If you'd like to make an appointment, call the office. Liz will set you up. Here's that number. 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. If you have questions that you'd like to hear me discuss and answer on this program or topics of interest that you'd like to take... To have me take a deep dive into, uh, email me, radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. Good health begins in the gut. I've been saying that throughout my career. You've heard me say that hundreds of times. Good health does begin in the gut. We're always looking to the gut for a source of a patient or client's complaints conditions syndromes whatever their concerns and complaints are we're always looking at the gut whole body too of course and mental health of course but the gut is very very important what they're finding out lately is that inflammatory bowel disease, which includes Crohn's disease and colitis, ulcerative colitis, may be linked to a doubling of dementia risk and an earlier onset. And this is coming from Integrative Medicine uh, Journal. We know that there is a lot of crosstalk, between the brain and the gut. The gut is the ancient brain. You know, that feeling you get when you sense that you're in danger, we feel that in the gut. That's the ancient brain at work. And there's a lot of crosstalk. Because many neurotransmitters are secreted in the gut. Things like serotonin, which is responsible for feeling well, public confidence, among many, many other uh, neurotransmitters. Well, in a new study, researchers have found that older adults living with chronic gastrointestinal inflammation may develop dementia more than seven years earlier than those who don't have IBD or any gastrointestinal inflammation. Specifically, the large uh, population-based study found that inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, which includes ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, may be linked to a two-fold increased risk of developing dementia with onset at a younger age than that of the general population. So for those of you with IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, listen up, this is important. It's more reason for you to properly take care of your gut and help to put that IBD into remission, to quiet all that down. The research which was published online in the journal Gut, Yes, there is a journal called GUT. It compared the risk for dementia in 1,742 adults who were age 45 and older with IBD and 17,420 controls matched for sex, access to health care, and dementia-related comorbid conditions. And during the cognitive health follow-up evaluations over the course of 16 years, the rate of dementia diagnosis was almost four times higher in patients with IBD than in the controls. And in addition, IBD patients were diagnosed with dementia at the mean age of 76.2 years old, Versus the average age of 83.5 years old among the control group. That's very interesting. And among dementia types, the risk of developing Alzheimer's dementia demonstrated the greatest increase. And disease risk appeared to increase with IBD being chronic or chronicity, meaning that dementia risk appeared to be associated with early IBD diagnosis. Approximately 30% of IBD patients develop symptoms of the disease before the age of 21. So, it's, it's, this is interesting. So, the risk of developing Alzheimer's demonstrated the greatest increase, and the disease, re- the disease risk appeared to increase with IBD chronicity, meaning that dementia risk appeared to be associated with early IBD diagnosis, and approximately 30% of IBD patients develop symptoms of the disease before the age of 21 years. This is true even in my own practice and Dr. Hoffman's practice in our practice together, uh that most of our IBD patients are quite young. We rarely see a somebody in middle age come in and they suddenly have inflammatory bowel disease unless it was caused, you know, ideally, like a, a medical uh a, a medical trauma, like hmm too many antibiotics or certain antibiotics that then cause other things and it kind of causes a cascade of things to occur uh, or being on certain medications. Uh, I can name one. Accutane is one uh, that has been known in in some people to help progress uh, not just get rid of your acne, but maybe give you ulcerative colitis. So that's what I'm talking about. So these findings suggest a role for the gut-brain axis in dementia development with the disruption of the intestinal epithelial barrier and the microbiome imbalance that are associated with IBD, potentially facilitating the passage of gut-microbial-derived neurotoxic metabolites into the central nervous system. The gut-brain axis is the bi-directional communication between the gut and the brain. And remember, the gut is the ancient brain, which occurs through multiple pathways that include hormonal, neural, and immune mediators. Scientists are beginning to uncover whether brain and behavioral alterations precede gut dysfunction and dysbiosis or vice versa. I mean, think about that. So the gut brain axis, and especially in the setting of disruption, of intestinal of the intestinal epithelial barrier, an imbalanced microbiome, that are associated with IBD can potentially facilitate the passage of gut microbial-derived neurotoxic metabolites into the central nervous system. Kind of like this stuff is being cooked in the gut. Very, It's fascinating. So the current study indicating a possible association between Inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, and dementia is not necessarily causal. We know this. However, results from studies like this suggest that inflammation may be a key factor in disease development along the gut-brain axis and indicate that chronic inflammation and an imbalance in the gut bacteria may contribute to cognitive decline. Other human and animal studies suggest that IBD often presents with an increased incidence of psychiatric disorders and cognitive dysfunction. And look, both Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, are conditions characterized by chronic inflammation of the GI tract and results to damage in the small or the large bowel and over three million U.S. adults report being diagnosed with IBD, either Crohn's or or colitis. So, the role of the gut microbiome, and we know now, and still this is the, still the tip of the iceberg. We know the gut, the microbiome has its hand in absolutely everything. Changes in cognitive function, diseases like inflammatory bowel disease. Changes in mental health status, whether you have obesity, whether you have diabetes, it all has to do with the microbiome and what is there, what is being fed, what is dying off, what we're helping to re inoculate the gut with. <clears throat> so, the role of the gut microbiome in the path- pathogenesis of chronic neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's disease. Will continue to unfold. And broadening our understanding of the interaction between the gut and the brain could lead to beneficial therapeutic strategies for improving human health. And the researchers study how factors like environment and diet influence microbiome, gut, brain regulation. And throughout life, a range of healthy lifestyle factors, including exercise, a limited intake of processed food, avoidance of prolonged restrictive diets. Stop doing that low calorie diet over and over and over again. Stop yo-yo dieting. And consumption of fermented foods, you know, your sauerkraut, your kimchi, your lactic acid fermented pickles, not a vinegar fermented pickle, that's different. Bubby's pickles comes to mind. Getting adequate dietary fiber because that, that good fiber feeds the, the microbiome. Getting the beneficial carbohydrates to feed the microbiome. And a phytonutrient diverse diet all promote a healthy microbiome. And implementing practical lifestyle approaches for a healthy intestinal microbiome and supporting immune health may improve outcomes. Because, you know, this is what we educate the patient about, how making these lifestyle changes, many of them simple. And many of them can be difficult depending on how you frame it for yourself. How deprived are you going to feel? by a change in your diet, right? We don't want you to feel deprived. We want you to feel nourished. We want you to operate from an area of self-nurture, self-care, in many cases extreme self-care, especially where it concerns inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's and colitis, right? Because We do therapeutic diets. I am a medical nutrition therapist. It's diet, it's appropriate supplementation that can help turn all that around. And of course, at the same time, feeding the good healthy critters that belong in your gut, as was the deal made with the ecosystem. That's really what we're talking about here. And now speaking of Alzheimer's, It appears that vitamin K, vitamin K2 specifically, holds promise for Alzheimer's disease. So again, good nutrition and vitamins. Let's talk a little bit about vitamin K holding promise for Alzheimer's disease. And uh, Nutrients recently published a new review paper that examines the body of evidence connecting vitamin K2 to factors involved in Alzheimer's disease pathogenesis, concluding that this demonstrates vitamin K2 as having the potential to slow the progression of Alzheimer's and contribute to its prevention. All the more reason for you to take vitamin K. Everybody should be taking vitamin K. What are your dietary sources? Vitamin K1 is from your dark leafy greens. Vitamin K2 comes from dairy, like cheese, if you're having dairy. Natto, which is a fermented soy bean product. Uh, and meat. Meat has vitamin K2. If you're having a steak and a salad, terrific. You're getting vitamins K2 and K1. So in the review vitamin K2 holds promise for Alzheimer's prevention and treatment, researchers from the Harvard Extension School and Pacific Northwest University considered the anti-apoptic and antioxidant effects of vitamin K2 and its impact on neuroinflammation, mitochondrial dysfunction, cognition, cardiovascular health, and the comorbidities in Alzheimer's. And in their review, they also examine the link between dysbiosis in the gut and vitamin K2 in the context of the microbiome's role in Alzheimer's disease pathogenesis, right? Our review is the first to consider the physiological roles Of vitamin k2 in the context of alzheimer's disease and given the recent shift in alzheimer's research towards non-pharmacological interventions yay our findings emphasize the timeliness and need for clinical studies involving vitamin k2 the incidence of alzheimer's has risen considerably in recent years And Alzheimer's disease remains a leading cause of chronic disability and death. And as the most common type of dementia, Alzheimer's affects an estimated 6.2 million Americans, a number that is projected to more than double by 2050. You know this is the third epidemic. First was obesity, the second diabetes. Put them together, call them diabetes. And the third is indeed Alzheimer's. So 6.2 million Americans are estimated to have Alzheimer's and a number that is projected to, to more than double by the year 2050. That's in 29 short years. Yet the National Inst- Institutes of Health notes that correcting certain dietary deficiencies can attribute to the prevention or delay dementia-caused or delay dementia caused by Alzheimer's, and that what we eat affects the aging brain's ability to think and remember. Absolutely. Hear, here, Amen. All of that. And there is growing evidence for possible dietary risk factors in the development of Alzheimer's disease and cognitive decline with age, like antioxidants, omega-3s, dietary fats. Read coconut oil alongside those omega-3s, B vitamins. Moreover, research suggests that people with low levels of vitamin D are more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. We are gratified that vitamin K2 is becoming a prominent part of this conversation, particularly as most of the world's population expresses a vitamin K deficiency. A 2018 paper connected aortic stiffness, aortic stiffness with an increased risk of dementia in older adults. And by activating matrix GLA protein, that's MGP, vitamin K2, as in the supplement MK7, is the only compound to date shown to impact atrial calcification. And may I remind you that those of you taking a statin, like Lipitor, Zocor, those, it messes with your vitamin K metabolism. You also need to be taking vitamin K. And what I find interesting, and that's a recent discovery about statins, how they mess with, you know, they they kind of derange or cause a depletion in vitamin K. So anybody taking a statin needs to take K. And I wonder if that's why those who are taking statins become demented sooner than others not taking statins, whether it's because of that derangement in vitamin K metabolism in the body. This is all very, very Interesting. And I am always compelled to bring you this information. Again, radio program at AOL.com if you'd like to contact me with questions and topics of interest. And I want to thank you again, once again, for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine.
0: There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberries packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216. Or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea all natural science-based and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman.
1: This is Layla Mutin, R.D., I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.